We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Knicks Film School pregame show. My name is Andrew Claudio, a.k.a. GMAC, and it's time to preview the Knicks upcoming matchup on Wednesday night against the Orlando Magic, their final game before the All-Star break. And oh my goodness, do they need an All-Star break? Uh, The walking wounded head to the Magic Kingdom on Wednesday night. Let's see who's not going to play. Uh, we know Julius Randle's out. We know OG Ananobi's out. We know that uh, Mitchell Robinson is, of course, out. Um, Isaiah Hartenstein is questionable for this game with an Achilles injury. Dante DiVincenzo is questionable for this game with a, a hamstring injury. Um, they, they're in very much need of a break at the moment. And... Um, you know, we'll see. Orlando's on a second night of a back-to-back, and they're coming off an emotional night at the Magic Kingdom in Orlando. I, I know it's not called the Magic Kingdom. It's Amway Center, but they I'm calling it the Magic Kingdom because that's what their Orlando Magic Arena should be called. Okay? Just my personal opinion. Um, they retired Shaquille O'Neal's number on Tuesday night. The first time, a, a first number to be retired in Orlando Magic history, and Joining me in just a second to talk about this incredible night for the Magic, which also coincided with a loss to the Oklahoma City Thunder at home on national television. Uh, someone that works for Bally Sports Florida, uh, uh, Dante Marchitelli. Uh, had to ask him ahead of time uh, how that Italian name was pronounced. But uh, Dante works for Bally Sports Florida. He's part of their pre and post game uh, and sometimes sideline crew. And he was in the building for this this moment. Uh, I don't believe there's going to be any technical difficulties. For those that watch the YouTube, you'll probably already know this. But uh, his connection was a bit spotty. So he uh, did not have the best visual <laughs> presentation. All that, I mean, his setup looked fine, but his, his connection wasn't the best. So I don't think the audio is bad, though. So hopefully that goes through clear for all of you listening. Um, a bit of a programming note. Again, I'm not going to... I'm gonna. I'm trying this thing where I don't do an outro, uh, but there will be uh, a post game show, of course, for the Knicks against the Magic. I know at the end of the Fred Katz pod, you heard John and I go over the schedule. Uh, we canceled the watch along altogether, and then I'm gonna be doing the post game tonight uh, for Valentine's Day. I should say that Happy Valentine's Day to all of you out there. Whether you're in a long relationship and you're celebrating with your significant other, 
or whether you're just in a season of singleness and you're you're dating the Knicks at the moment. It's been a that's an abusive relationship, although it's been extremely fun this year at times. You know, not lately the the last four or five games, but like January was fun, wasn't it? Uh, regardless, I hope you are having a great Wednesday and a great Valentine's Day uh, and celebrate with me on the post game. I'll be your Valentine win or lose against the Orlando Magic. OK, let's preview this matchup with Dante Marcatelli Wednesday night against the Orlando Magic. Enjoy. Dante, welcome to the show. Great to be with you, Andrew. I, I appreciate it. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been a whirlwind. Last night was a lot of fun and. All of a sudden, very quickly, this becomes a big game for these two teams as we head into the All-Star break. It should be a fun one here tonight. You know, I I didn't even realize just how big it was until I looked at the standings and the implications. And now the Knicks are four games ahead of the Magic coming into yep. this matchup. The Knicks are 33 and 21 and the Magic 29 and 25. The Magic obviously coming off a loss. And we'll talk about the implications in just a second. I would love to get your perspective being in the building last night, though, as the Magic became another team to actually join the ranks of, of franchises that have retired a number. But uh, to give you some backstory, the Blue Wire podcast network that we're on, uh, the Sixth Man Show, which is our, our official Orlando Magic show, they're the ones that clued me in on... Like the reason it was called Sixth Man is because they had one number retired as a franchise, and it was number six for the Sixth Man. And then when it was finally announced that Shaq was going to be the first to have his number retired, I understood immediately what that what that meant to the franchise. So being in the building, what was the atmosphere like to see it finally go down? Was or, in this case, right? or in this case, go up, I should say. Yeah, you, well, you're <laughs> yeah. right. You're right. And, well, and, and, John, and we love Jonathan Osborne. He does a great job with that six man podcast for sure. Uh, and certainly brings a lot of insight. But, you know, you, you got You look at it like this, Andrew. That, you know, this is the 35th anniversary of this team. And there's only now two other teams in the entire NBA that have never retired a jersey. So it's the you know the magic were one of the last ones, kind of the last ones to to decide what they wanted to do. And, and since I've been here, you know, 26 years, it's been a it's been a constant question of what's the criteria, who meets the criteria. You know, do you have to have have accomplished X, Y, Z? And then I think over the last couple of years, it's finally been like, you know, this guy, if you're going to do one, it's got to be this guy. The first one has to be Shaquille O'Neal. And you know, he's still in the top five in several categories for this franchise. And he only played here four years, larger than life personality. And if you can't get behind all of the statistics, it's Shaq. It's yeah. Shaq. Like, like there's a larger than life personality, NBA Hall of Famer, one of the greatest, if not the most dominant big that the game has ever seen. So to, to tie yourself as an organization to that guy, that just makes all the sense in the world. And, and he had to be the first one to go in and, and to be in the building last night and to be in there, you know, when the crowd saw Penny Hardaway introduced and, and you know, you're wondering if Penny's going to be there. And I also work with the alumni uh, association with George Galante. We head up all of our, uh, all of our alumni and we've worked, you know, the last couple of years to, to talk and get all these relationships and, and connections with people. So we knew Penny was coming, but when they introduced him to the crowd, it was awesome. It was electric, went to a pregame reception where Penny was kind of introduced to the 150 people there, Shaq's family, all that stuff. That was awesome. Uh, so it was just a, an unbelievable night reminiscing and visiting with all of our former players. It meant so much to this organization and still do. And and then to have it tied to Shaquille O'Neal was just, uh, it was just awesome. It was a magical night and it was uh, certainly something I'll never forget. And everybody stayed, you know, that the, the reception was post game, the ceremony, 
And you got 18,000 plus that were there that all stayed uh, to watch that ceremony happen. It was really cool. So I, I got to ask, because as you mentioned, you're you're you work with the alumni. And one thing that Jonathan and then that show has, has brought to my attention I, I hear you about Shaq being the first one to do it. I personally said Shaq should have been the first one to do it. Right. But even Shaq himself said that there was a special place for Nick Anderson. To yeah, be sure. Someone to have his number retired. And I, I got to be completely honest with you. When I was watching the ceremony, when he called Nick Anderson up, I have expected him to be like, yes, I'm going to be the first, but I'm here to announce you're going to be the second. So I didn't know if it... I mean, I don't know if you you have any uh, inside information on the process there, and and whether or not Nick is Nick's number is in the works. But is there a chance that this is the first of a few numbers to be retired by the Orlando Magic, specifically oh, leading up to Nick Anderson? Yeah, I don't think there's any question. I you know I don't know who it'll be next, but I think now you know be, because you've now had a first because this has happened. I, I think you start looking at it and saying, okay, who's next? You know, and and. You know, there's quite frankly, there's a Mount Rushmore of Magic players, right? I think everybody knows who they are, and but also, you know, you you know, you've got Nick Anderson in the mix as well. So I think I don't know when the next one will be. I don't know who will do, uh, but I think now, if you're if you're in the business of retiring numbers, you've got some pretty darn good ones that have come through these doors. You know, if it, if it ends up being Nick, or if it ends up being Penny Hardaway, Tracy McGrady, Dwight Howard, you know, when he officially retires, you're you're looking at you know. A combination of those four over the next several years, you you would think. Um, but again, you don't know, and I'm not a part of that, and I'm not privy to, to any inside knowledge. But uh, I think this is an enormous first step. You've now embraced Shaquille O'Neal, have him up in the rafters. He's embracing the organization. Uh, it was a lot of fun to be a part of, and now you start looking at that list. That that list, there's some great names uh, that you could go to, and. Yeah, he, he flat out said, I, I kind of thought Nick would be first. And and so I'm honored to be first. And, and you know, he, he said, Nick, there was another ceremony where he said to Nick or Penny, you know, and then said, Tracy, you got to get Tracy, you got to get Drake, kind of said everything that I said. So don't know where we'll go, uh, but you know, Shaq, for sure, Shaq won't be the last one to go up there. So if you could fill in the blank at the very end of this, though, like you... You said everybody knows the Mount Rushmore for Magic players, and I I'm a Knicks fan, so maybe there are Knicks fans that okay, don't know yeah. the Mount Rushmore. I just want to make sure I nail it. It's Shaq, Penny, Dwight, and T Mac is what you're referring Correct. to. Correct. Okay. That's your that's your Mount Rushmore. But if you're doing an all time starting five, you know, then you've got Nick. You know, the Nick is your Nick would be your fifth. So you've got you know he's he's one of your greatest players that ever was a part of this organization. He was here at day one. He's the first ever draft pick. Still works for the organization now. So uh, I, I think it would be hard to put him. You know, if you're talking just you're talking just basketball. You're talking about statistics and and what they did on the basketball floor. If you're talking other things, you know, then uh, you know it might be a little bit different. But it, those guys are those guys are there. Those that's your four, right? And then but Nick, if you're a starting five, he's in he's on that team. So I think it's, I think it's pretty cool. Yeah. But you've also, you make a, you can make an argument for Hito Turkaloo, Richard Lewis. I mean, Dennis Scott, who was in the building last night. So, uh, you know, it's, you certainly, you've had some greats that have come through these doors. No question. 
well, it was very cool to see what went down. The Knicks haven't had had a number of retirements since 2004. I believe 03 or 04, they okay. retired Patrick Ewing's number. Um, what, former Orlando Magic Patrick sure, Ewing sure. Way, way back when. Um, so it, uh, there's, a, there's a movement. I think I'm part of it, technically, that Carmelo Anthony should be the next number uh, to be retired. Okay. I wonder if after his Hall of Fame ceremony is when the Knicks will officially, officially go down that road. But again, it was very cool. On a, on a Tuesday night to see uh, what went down in Orlando. Unfortunately, it uh, was preceded by a loss to the Oklahoma City Thunder. Was there a game last night, Andrew? Yes, unfortunately, there was a game that coincided with this ceremony. Yes, uh, yes, there was. Uh, and look, the, the Thunder are outstanding. The Knicks, the Knicks uh, had a rough loss to them in December as well, so it's, it's not the worst thing to lose to, to the Thunder, but Magic do come in here tied for the eighth seed at the moment. I guess tied for the seventh seed also at the right. moment with the Miami Heat. Uh, four games behind the Knicks, but have won both matchups against the Knicks this year, so this this game ends up being pretty pivotal. I know. I guess the Knicks can't. I don't know if they play a fourth time. Actually, I could look it up while while there will be a fourth. Yeah, there, so there will a be a fourth. So this actually is a very important game for the Knicks if they want to try and right. make sure that they're part of the tiebreaker complications. What are the vibes in Orlando right now, specifically around the team? Whether it be like we're just happy to be here in contention. Like I saw a stat go up that through 50 games last year, they were 19 and 31. And this year they already have 10 more wins at this point in the season. And so there, there could be like a, some, some gratitude for just like the step they've taken. But I also know they got off to a much hotter start earlier in the year. So how are the vibes around the franchise at the moment? Well, I think the vibes are that you, you know, you you've got it all right in front of you. I think if you look at the final tw- the final what, what we're at twenty eight games left for this uh, for this organization, and again, I don't, I you know, I use this term cautiously, but you have what they say is the easiest schedule in the NBA. Now that just goes by win percentage and this and that. So uh, certainly, you got to play the games, and there's going to be some hard teams fighting for positioning uh, uh, as well. But you finally have a little bit of a let up in the schedule. We went through a 22 game stretch where you had the hardest schedule in the NBA. It seemed like every night we were either playing Oklahoma City or Minnesota or Boston or Denver. You know, so that was a grueling stretch that you came through, and you finished that two games above 500. And then you went into last night having won five of six, an unbelievable feeling in the building on Saturday when you beat the Bulls. Uh, that That's a team that was trying to catch you in the standings. Uh, you were able to win that game and, and unfortunately just couldn't make enough shots and had a red-hot Oklahoma City team that was on a mission last night. It looked like a team that, you know, sometimes right before the All-Star break, some of those teams at, at the top of the standings have a letdown because you're thinking about, you're making your plans already, you're you're thinking about what lies ahead. That was not the case last night with the Thunder. They were very much dialed in um, and on a mission. But I think if everyone's being honest, when the season started, you're hoping to be somewhere around 9 or 10. That, that was the goal. Can you be fighting? You know, last year, it's like, can you be in the conversation for that 10th spot, right? And you kind of were. You were five games out with the week left, so you weren't eliminated until the final week of the season. So that was kind of, you took a step forward. Uh, 12 wins better than the season before. And and now, you you know, you've already, as you mentioned, you, you've you already improved on that, you know, coming in, uh, having won seven more games than you did, uh, or coming in on is 10 more games than you did at this time last year, but you're already with, you know, w- within five games of your entire win total from last year. Uh, so you've had a successful season already from, from that standpoint. And you're hoping as the season started, can you, can you grab one of those play-in spots? Well, now, 
you know, as it stands, you're, you know, you're what a game out of sixth, you know, potentially here in the Eastern Conference. So I think that becomes huge. Uh, can you avoid the play in altogether? And by doing that, you got to win games like tonight. You know, the, you've, yes, you're four games back of the Knicks in the standings, but you've won the first two meetings and you can win the season series with the win tonight. Get yourself within three games. And if you can finish tied, um, then, then anything can happen. So I, I think now it's like, can you get as good as, you know, as, as good as five or six in the East and maybe avoid the play in altogether. So I think there's a lot of excitement here in Orlando as you close out the season series and, and understanding that, listen, Joel Embiid is hurt. When does he come back? Could Philadelphia be catchable? And I love the moves that the Knicks made, especially you got maybe the two biggest magic killers in franchise history and Bogdanovich and Burks huh. that have been added to the Knicks, right? So if you look at their numbers against the magic the last couple of years and in their career, uh, just giant magic killers. And now you add them to that mix. But So I fully expect you guys to take off, and especially when you get Julius Randle back and things like that. But what if it doesn't, Andrew? What if it doesn't? What if there's something that, that you know, and again, they've lost a couple in a row, and it, it always takes a while when you add some some new pieces. But what if it doesn't click? You know, then, then maybe could possibly the Knicks be catchable in the Eastern Conference. And, and again, I, I fully expect them to take off. I, I I love the moves that they made and and I, I think Tibbs will put it all together. But so I think there's a lot of optimism that you could go anywhere from, you know, really if Chicago catches you nine uh, to, to possibly five in the Eastern Conference, which is a great place to be and something that we haven't experienced in quite some time. So the the schedule that you're talking about and to Knicks fans that that might not be aware at the moment. Dante's right. They have the easiest schedule remaining, according to uh, schedule strength uh, on Tankathon. Right. Uh, don't you? Don't, doesn't that make you nervous? Don't you kind of tread lightly when you see that because you're like, okay, technically on paper these are, but it doesn't always work out that way. So to an extent, I, it make it would make me nervous. I will just I'm just going to say some teams that they have on their schedule remaining. Yeah. This this year's a bit uncanny in how very bad the bottom is like last year it was weird how it seemed like just there was two teams that were really bad and then there was just like a, a gigantic middle that right. was trying to make the play in this year there's a very clear bottom six or seven and of the magic's remaining the magic remaining 28 games two against the pistons one against the wizards three against the hornets uh, one with the Blazers, one with Memphis, and then two with Toronto. Like that right there is already a stretch. I was like, okay, so if the Magic take care of business, I check all of those as wins. And uh, you know, like, did but, you but, have but you said it, but Andrew, you're exactly right. And you, if you if you look at it on paper, but Charlotte's a division rival. Charlotte just beat Indiana at home. What that doesn't account for is fair. Yeah, they got they got new life, right? They got Grant Williams now is playing well. They they've added, you know, obviously Brandon Miller's having a heck of a season, but they've added some different pieces who have caught five. So I, I think. Yes, okay, their record is what it is, but we're, I think when we play them, they're going to be much different than, than what their record indicates. So, but but you're right. I, the, if you look at just wins and losses theoretically, but but I think there's so much more that goes into it, which makes it hard to just look at the percentage. You know what the calculation I'm making is there? The Knicks are 22 and two this season against teams under 500. So Dude. in my mind, it's already yeah. like okay. Beat the teams that you're better than. And the two losses, right. one of them is Utah, which like the altitude that plays into it. And Utah right. was like hovering around 500 for most of the year. Correct. And the other loss to an under 500 team happened two nights ago. And we all saw what the investigating right. did to make Jeez. that loss happen uh, on Monday in Houston. So I guess in my mind, I, I, I have 
I, I'm not necessarily afraid of the magic. I am respectful of the magic because sure. of how good their defense has been this year, that there is a baseline level of competition that like they're not going to get blown out. Most likely you, you might be able to stick with them on offense because they're, they're a bottom six offense, but that defense gives you like, they're going to be in every game. So when you play one of the bad teams that may not be up to, up to snuff on either end of the floor and maybe just playing sure. out the string is why I would lean magic there. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You speak to like the the ceiling potentially being the fifth seed. What in your in your mind would be a disappointing season for the Magic? Does it have to be that you avoid the play in, or even if they were to make the play in and then win one of those games and you make the playoffs, that's acceptable? Oh, absolutely. No, I, I think just getting in in some capacity. I think because as you alluded to, you started so well. You were sixteen and seven to start the year. So and then you start thinking, okay, well, you know, you kind of have aspirations of of maybe getting into the top four or five, you know, could you potentially host a, for a first round series, but you were healthy for five games, you know, then you lost two starters after your fifth game, Markel and Wendell went down. Uh, and then shortly after that, you lost a, a number of other rotation players and Jonathan Isaac wasn't able to play. And you lost Franz Wagner for eight games when you were in every single game and, and you just needed kind of one more score. So you've been decimated with injuries. And now for the last two weeks, you finally got everybody back. You, you've had this starting lineup that you had last night. Uh, I think last night was the 13th or 14th time you've had that lineup available to you the entire year. So I think the thinking is that schedule, listen, to get where you want to get, you have to beat those teams under 500. You're, you're exactly right. So to, to have the season you want to have, you, you have to win those games uh, and you got to stay healthy. So for the final 28 games. So I think if, if you miss the play-in altogether, that would be devastating. That would be a crushing season uh, to have not gotten in. If if you're if you get in, but it's the play-in and it's eighth, and you got to win a game to get in, that that's a huge success. So now you go through that feeling of having to win a critical game uh, to earn a playoff berth, and I think that's just all of that is incredible experience uh, for this team. I think it would be. I think it would hurt if you didn't reach the play. And if, if you get in and you draw Miami and you struggle and you lose, and now you got to win another game and it's Atlanta who's getting hot at the right time and, and you lose two games and don't get into the playoffs. I, I think a lot of people would be disappointed, but you know, but I, I think to at least you would have at least gotten that experience. So I think you're hoping at this point, however you get there, 
did you earn yourself a series of some kind? And, and if you did, I think regardless of what happens in that series, you want to be competitive. Can you win a couple of games? And my goodness, I the, the town would absolutely go crazy if you're able to win a playoff series uh, this year. But I, I think getting in and earning yourself a playoff series, however you do it, would be enormous. So there's, there's two examples that I go to in trying to compare this magic season to ones in the past and recent, recent past and the Knicks of two years ago. It's, it's funny how, how crazy the identical uh, profiles of the teams were. The Knicks were 24th in offense that year. They were a top three defense, I believe, that season. I think it was either top two or three. And it was, again, it was the same profile. It's like, we're not necessarily going to outscore you. We're going to make sure you score less than us is the, is the game plan. So they they finished with a four seed in a very, that was a weird 72 game season. So I, I don't take it and say like, it's an asterisk. It's just more, I recognize the context that like Celtics weren't what they were now. Other teams weren't what they were now. This East being more competitive, I at least compare what the profiles are. As far as how the season might go, the Cleveland team the year before they traded for Donovan Mitchell, where they were they were good for most of the year, had a really good net rating, and then injuries really took care of that team. Uh, and they ended up in the play-in, lost the the seven eight, and then lost the nine ten. That's the worst case scenario for the Magic, of course. But that team sure. had to overcome a ton of obstacles that year, and obviously then made a big move. What would you say is the biggest obstacle this Magic team has had to overcome this season as far as not comparing it to that Cleveland team, obviously, but sure. just over the course of the year, what have they had to deal with more so than than other teams have had to? Well, I think it's two things, Andrew, and I, and I think if you're a Magic fan, you you know, it's kind of a struggle uh, for, for every season for the last four or five seasons has been health. You know, mm. you just have not had your full arsenal of players and, and two guys that you rely on so much and, and that are such a... Uh, you know, such an indicator of how good this team can be are Markel Fultz and Jonathan Isaac. And they've just been, you have not had them uh, fully healthy for the last several years. And and now you potentially could for the last two months and into the playoffs. So, so what does that look like? You know, you're, you're now with Markel Fultz as a starter, you're 74 and 71 when Markel Fultz is out there and starting a basketball game. Okay. And you say, okay, that's right around 500. But for this team that has not been close to 500 for the last five years, that's huge. Without Markel Fultz, you're 54 and 130. So to me, you say, okay, you know, that that's a, that's an 80-game difference when you don't have your starting point guard, right? So that's huge. And then the other thing is Jonathan Isaac. I mean, he's one of the best defensive players in the NBA when he's fully healthy. And when you have the luxury of using him for the final nine, 10 minutes of a game to close it out and go against the, the opposing team's best player. Uh, that's a he's a, he's a, he's the X factor. He's every bit the X factor for this team. So I think that's it. Just if you can just be healthy in whatever minute, can you get 25, 26 minutes out of Jonathan Isaac every game, the final 28 and into the playoffs? That's huge. Um, when it becomes a half court set, that's where that's where the Knicks are going to be so dynamic. It's almost impossible to score on them in the playoff scenarios with a set. Defense, right? It's going to be very difficult uh, with the way the Knicks defend. The Magic are hoping they're kind of like that, too. The other thing, Andrew, is the shooting. The shooting just has not been there. It has not been there this year. It has not been there for for several years. And, and that was the case last night. You watch Oklahoma City. You know, you give them any room and that they've got a number of guys that they can go to that can knock down shots. And, you know, Saturday night, you, you're, you shoot 59 percent from beyond the arc and you have a big offensive night. Last night, you struggled mightily to get to 30% from beyond the arc. This team is 30th. This team is 29th or 30th in every three-point 
statistic. And that makes it so difficult. You, you, you just the, the margin for error is so small with this team. You can't turn the basketball over. You can't give up offensive rebounds because you just don't have the luxury of, of a consistent three-point shot to make up for, you know, for some of those miscues. So on the nights where they got it sighted in and they're, they're, they're having those big offensive nights, they're, they're very difficult to beat. But if they got to come back and they got to do it with the three-point shot, I, I think that's where they struggle. So those, to me, have been the two biggest areas is, is just overcoming health. You look at all the teams that are at the top of the top of the standings in the East or the West. It's all the healthiest teams. You you have to have your players right to to win games in this league. Uh, you know, I mean, trying to keep it above uh, above water without Julius Randle is hard. And now you're working in, in new players, and and you know what it looks like when you don't have Brunson. Um, so it's it's hard. It's only happened a couple of times, thankfully. But you got to be healthy, and and you when this 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 team has got to find some consistency from beyond the arc. Well, as far as the shooting is concerned, I think that's personally what's been the most annoying part about the first two Magic games is that, especially that first one down in Orlando, is that yes, the profile that you're talking about with the Magic was all right. This is perfect. A Nick team that plays a lot of drop coverage, they'll be able to you know take away the rim and then force the magic to take a ton of threes. And that was the night the magic were hot from three. I think Franz right. hit, a, hit a bunch of threes, call Anthony hit a bunch of threes. And it was like, Oh, so the, the shot, pro, this is just one of those nights where they're going to hit all their threes yeah, and it's yeah. going to work against them. And to your point about health, and you're right that the teams at the top of the conference are the are the healthiest. And the Knicks found themselves near the the two seed for a half game out of the two seed at one point. Right. Um, and then, as you mentioned, Julius Randle went down. OG Ananobi went down. Isaiah Hartenstein is dealing with an Achilles injury. On Monday in Houston, Dante DiVincenzo uh, went down with a hamstring injury. Now, nothing seems to be that like nothing is season ending just yet. And like Mitch Robinson, who seemed to go down with a, a season ending right. ankle surgery earlier this year, he's apparently working his way back and could be in the rotation by the end of March. But I say that because the magic have caught the Knicks at several interesting inflection points in their season. Um, the day before the OG Ananobi trade, was a game against the Magic. Correct. Game on Martin Luther King uh, Jr. Day, the matinee at the Garden, when the Knicks lost to the Magic. Jalen Brunson missed one of his two games that he's missed this year. I guess three games that he's missed this year. Um, And then now this game, where the Knicks may be down four starters going into this matchup. And correct me if I'm wrong, when I went to ESPN's Orlando Magic injuries page, here's the words I read. No data available. So the Magic will have their full complement of healthy players Going into this game, well, it's a it's a little bit misleading. Yes, they will. Which finally they have. But when you play the because we played last night, so on the second night of a back to back, you don't have to do the injuries uh, until I think it's two thirty is when you have to post your lineups. So that's why it says no data available. So that the Magic still have a couple of hours until they make that announcement. But you know, here's the thing: on the second night of a back to back. Uh, the last couple of times we've not seen Jonathan Isaac. We've not seen Markel Fultz. So that, that's that been kind of the trouble area um, as you try to keep those guys healthy. You know, we need those guys on April 17th more than we need them on February 14th, right? So we don't know exactly what that looks like. Hopefully they'll be able to go. Uh, Jonathan Isaac did play a back-to-back uh, when, when the Magic beat Phoenix and then went to Dallas uh, the very next night. So I think that's something that, that they'll continue to monitor. And if they do play, what do those minutes look like? Haven't seen heavy minutes, certainly. Uh, on those guys on a back-to-back. So I think that's why they, they still have a few more hours till they have to post that. But yes, you're right. They, they, they've they gotten fortunate with how the kind of they've caught 
the Knicks uh, with, with their different inflection uh, points throughout the season. But that's one thing this Magic team has not had is had health. And in the last three or four games, they have had it. They had it when they when they went into last night, having won five of six for the most part. They were fully healthy during those dur- during that stretch. You look at Gary Harris. You know, most Knicks fans, you know, probably know him from his Denver days. You know, don't remember a whole ton about him, but uh, just having Gary Harris available, just available, they're twenty-one and twelve. You know, just just having him available, and then when he makes a three, one three in a game, they're seventeen and seven. You know, that, that's oh, just wow. one guy that has the ability, one of the best three-point shooters on the team. Just having a three-point threat that's available to open things up for Paolo and Fran. That's what we're talking about. It's not only so much a guy that can knock down threes consistently, but a threat where you don't have to put so much attention uh, like the Knicks can uh, to Paolo and Franz. They're going to dare someone else to beat you. You know, the Magic strength is pounding the paint, and Tom Thibodeau knows that, and he's going to make it almost impossible for the Magic to score at the basket. That's that's what he does, and so the Magic are going to have to knock down shots, and as you mentioned, the first game of the season when they did, uh, they're tough to beat. And then the second game was more of a grind-out game. And, and you know, Julius Randle had an off night. But you had Jonathan Isaac who could make it difficult for him down the stretch. And we had Anthony Black who made it tough on Jalen Brunson in the first game, you know, putting size on him. So it, uh, they have the luxury. They have that length. They have that versatility, which certainly helps. But uh, you also got to make shots. And, and when they're hitting, they're, they're very difficult to beat. Yeah, I'm... I'm not going to say I'm not confident going into this matchup. The Knicks are very much limping into the all-star break at the moment. And because of what the, the what the roster looked like and what this team looked like when they made the Ananobi trade, those that 14-2 and two stretch in the month of January, which I believe also had another win onto it. So it was a 15-2 and two stretch overall. Um, like, we're, we're very high on what this could mean. Like you said, April 17th is more important than no question. February 14th. Um, those guys that you mentioned, Ananobi, Mitchell Robinson, yeah. right? Uh, Hartenstein. Like, who wants to play the Knicks when those guys are all available going into a playoff series where it's physical, scrappy, handsy, less fouls are called? Half court offense and defense. I, I don't know who wants to sign up for that, right? So I think, yeah. I think if you can get those guys back, right? I, I I think the I think the sky's the limit for that franchise. Well, so that's a, one of the last questions we're going to ask you is just like your thoughts or questions about the Knicks throughout this season. That obviously they made a, a pretty uh, some some colossal changes to their roster mid season. So actually, one of the weirder seasons that I've ever had covering or watching the Knicks where. You know, you go into training camp with an idea of how the season's going to go. Maybe you make one right. one move here or there. Like they, they traded for Derrick Rose two years ago. That's really the only significant move they made. Traded for Josh Hart last year, only significant move they made. And now, like we started this year with like high hopes for Emmanuel Quickly and RJ Barrett and Quentin Grimes. And all three of these kids that they drafted are gone. And there's April and May expectations on the team. So from afar, you're, I mean, you, you've hinted at it throughout that there are going to be a dangerous out, but any, any other thoughts about the Knicks that you may have? Well, I think what the Knicks do well is what translates in the playoffs, right? I, th- I think you've got to have a guy that can get you a bucket, right? And I think that's what hurt them when they when they weren't able to advance last year in the playoffs. You know, Brunson was unbelievable. Uh, but, you know, Randall kind of had had his ups and downs. But who is that third guy? Who is the consistent third guy that can get you a bucket? And now you've got a few options. You know, I, I think it could be one night. It could be Ananobi. One, I, 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 we're such believers in Bogdanovich and Burks here in Orlando because we've seen them at their best 
time and time again. So I think those guys, uh, you know, when when it, when push comes to shove and their backs are against the wall, those guys are going to deliver for New York each night. So I, I think the physicality that they bring, I, I think Tom Thibodeau putting a game plan together and, and having the guys that can execute it, uh, I, I think is going to bode well for you no matter who you play. But I do think there's a confidence with this Magic team that they can hang and beat this team. I, I certainly do because of how they because of how they defend and, and and with any team. I mean, every every team has to have confidence, right? And I think every night this Magic team hits the floor because of the length they have and because of how they defend. You said it. They're going to be in every game, and I think they feel they can win every game. I'm such a believer in Jalen Brunson. I, I can't stand the shift to get away from guys that played four years in college. I, I don't understand it. Or, you know, every organization is so enamored with the with the length and the you know the quickness and the upside. And what, what's wrong with taking the guy that's done it, the guy that's won multiple times, the guy that you know has got a chip on his shoulder, the guy that you know is going to compete. He plays games. He he's a winner. So I, I think having Jalen Brunson running the show, I, I think is huge. I was such a believer in him. And 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 partly part of that is because of Jamal Mosley. He coached him for several years in Dallas, is such a believer in Jalen Brunson, right? He, he's such a huge fan uh, of him. So I, I think this team can go, uh, you know, can go ex- extremely far. I, you know, I think they match up well with Boston. I don't know that Boston wants to play him. So I guess I, you know, I don't know what your limitations would be. Because I, I I think you guys you know we 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 see the capabilities and we understand how good you guys can be and I, and I think you you have the ability to match up well with any team in the Eastern Conference. I don't see why you couldn't get on a run once you figure this out and get fully healthy and, and incorporate these guys. I you know I, I don't know who scares you. I I guess would be what I would ask you is who scares Knicks fans when when push comes to shove and you got to win a seventh game on the road. Who's the team that you don't want to face? So it's absolutely Boston. There's some. Miami Heat PTSD that exists with Knicks fans because of how last season went and just like what that what that it's a cliche to say culture, but like what Spo will do to you in a seven game series. They've just they've earned that respect. I'm concerned. Uh, It's really Boston. And, you know, it's you know, it's interesting, Dante, like you just said it like you you believe that they could hang with anybody, that they're going to be a tough out. No one. Nobody wants to see the Knicks in the playoffs. Right. That's been the national conversation about the Knicks and their rushing since the Ananobi trade. It's like, oh, they, they've hit a new ceiling because of the injuries and because yeah. it's been very bumpy to start. Knicks fans, like the vibes in New York are like, we'd love to see that team, like the that version of the yeah. team that you all keep talking about that, you know, is going to be this tough out and fully healthy could make a run to the conference finals or greater. And I do believe that. I do believe that there is a, a, a an unknown ceiling to this team anymore. A ceiling I just personally haven't even fathomed since the nineties, but I, th- again, they're coming into this game with potentially missing four starters on Wednesday night. So we'll, we'll see how the, how this matchup goes. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about, but why, what do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. 
Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. As far as the last question is pertaining to this matchup, um, like I, I remember throughout my my conversations about the magic going into it, it, feel, it felt like the starters played somewhat even. And then there was this bench mob that came in yes, and just right. like took advantage of second units, which honestly is the best comparison to that Knicks team from three years ago, the Julius Randle most improved season, improved player season. Um, that, that starting unit was like a plus 0.6 over the course of the season. And then the bench mob was when they would come in and like build 10 point leads and beyond. Is that still the formula for the magic success? I know that we've talked about the defense a lot, but as far as how they, they build leads and, and, and win games, is it still like would be somewhat even with the starters and then we'll, we'll take advantage of second units. It's a great, it's a great point and great insight. And I think that was kind of the case until the last, I think we've seen a little bit of a shift in that uh, in the last three or four weeks, simply because you had your starters out. So all those bench guys were starting. And I think, so now what you've seen now that you're fully healthy, you're trying to ramp up and get your starters minutes where they need to be and your starters production, where you need to be to go into the playoffs and the bench, we, we've kind of seen that second unit. The numbers come down a little bit, and you're and some guys are out of the rotation that were starting, you know, that got that played big minutes. Uh, and now, so now the the formula is no matter who's on the floor, we got to pound the paint. We have to pound the paint. And if that's Markel driving into the paint, kicking out to open shooters, or if that's Paolo and Franz driving to the basket and scoring in the painted area, if that's Wendell stretching the floor as your stretch five, however you get there. You have to score in the paint. That's where this team is most effective. You have to get to the free throw line. You have to create turnovers and score off, you know, points off turnovers have been huge. They're one of the best teams in the NBA at that. They're second and second chance points. So, you know, for typically when teams struggle to shoot, you got to find other ways to score. So I think that's been it. And we've seen a lot more of that happen with the starting unit than we have with the second unit here, here of late. But what, what we're seeing with the second unit is, you know, th- yeah, a lot of times they, they may grow the lead. But at least it's staying even. And now we, we we went through a stretch. We had four or five straight games where the starters just didn't have it. And the second unit came in and got you back into the basketball game. So they certainly they have the luxury of kind of finding out uh, what you need. And, you know, last night when it, the, the Magic struggled when the, when you broke the lineup. And that's kind of where we got some separation. So it's kind of been on a, on a night-to-night basis. And, yes, that was exactly the formula. It was the second-highest scoring bench. Uh, first for 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 a number of weeks, uh, you know, right there with Indiana, it's like, all right, let's get the game started. Let's go to that second unit. And they'll absolutely take over. So it's kind of been a little bit of a shift here the last couple of weeks. But uh, the, the formula for this team, no matter who's on the floor, is just to defend, pound the paint, get to the free throw line, create points off turnovers, and, and try to score before you go, go to a set defense. And this team doesn't turn the ball over a ton, so that makes it tough. This team will knock down open shots if you leave them out there. Um, so I think, you know, I, I would caution Knicks fans. I know it's hard when you're, you know, when you're, when you're so close to it. But, you know, if, if let's say you don't figure it out and you don't get healthy for the next two or three weeks and you drop a little bit, let's say you drop to six or seven, uh, wherever they finish, they're going to be in the driver's seat as long as they can be healthy going into the last couple of weeks of the season and into the playoffs. We saw Miami. Miami was two minutes away from being eliminated by the Bulls last year mm-hmm. you know, in the 9-10 game and then went all the way to the NBA Finals. I, I think that is how people view 
what can happen in New York. I, I work with Quentin Richardson, who Magic fans uh, certainly know, and, and he's a guy that would be the first one to say, you know, people don't understand it, but when you play for the Knicks, you're a Nick for life, and he loves that. And, uh, you know, obviously very proud of his time there, and he can't stop raving uh, about the additions of Bogdanovich and Burks and Ananobi, and he thinks, again, same thing. Once they get the full complement, that team is going to take off. So I, I think, you know, Knicks fans – it's hard to preach patience, you know, but I think once you get there, the, I wouldn't worry about the standings. That is not going to matter for that team. You just got to get healthy. And once that happens, I think they'll take off. Well, first of all, shout out to Q Rich. Once a Nick, always a Nick indeed. Yeah. Uh, you know, we, we we take care of our own, no matter how long you played in this uniform. And look, as far as this matchup is concerned, you telling me that they like to to drive a ton and and right. really, really, really go out, go at the paint. Um uh, again, a Knicks team potentially missing their top two rim protectors, and it's like Precious Achua and right. Eric Sims. Uh, look, I'm not trying to say that this should be a magic win. I'm just, the, the Knicks, again, are limping into the All-Star break, so we'll see. Uh, well, you know, and the Magic have to take it. You're, you're right. Take and, advantage and is, of it. They have to take advantage of it. After you know? last night, you know, and, they've, and I give Orlando credit because they they, you know, you didn't have Brunson, so you took advantage of it. You, you know, Julius Randle had an unbelievable night, but Brunson struggled to shoot offensively in that first game. So those were two games where the Magic took advantage of that, and, and they need to. They need to get a win going into the All-Star break. This is huge for this team, trying to get out of that playing scenario, try to win the tie, win the season series. This is a game the Magic need to win. To get where you want to get, you have to take advantage of games like this, If you, especially if you guys have have guys out of the lineup, no question. Is is there any significant? This will be the last question I ask. Is there any significant like milestone to be like thirty wins before the All Star break? I don't know if that's that was anybody's bulletin board material before the season, but like that's an accomplishment if they get oh, that tonight. You know, it's huge. It's absolutely huge. I mean, and it's and you you're one of the best teams in the NBA at home. You know, you're, you're very good in this building, uh, Oklahoma City. Again, just last night, and and that was. Uh, and I think the Magic put a lot of pressure on themselves. That's the first nationally televised regular season game for the Magic since 2012. Mm. So think about that. There's just such a feeling around here that you know it just been shunned from any kind of national spotlight forever and it finally happened last night so i think the guys put a little extra pressure on themselves to perform uh in that basketball game but no i i think you just you know you want to win as many games as you can on your floor i think they're very much aware of the fact that they can win the season series here with the new york knicks and i and i think you just when you when you break for the all-star you know all-star break that's coming up here you just want to do it having a win have it riding a win. And if you get this one here tonight, you, you've then won six of eight going into the all-star break, which is huge for this team with, uh, with the way the schedule is, there's an eight game homestand that comes up in March, which is a, a franchise tying record. Never had that many games. And you have an opportunity to kind of control your own destiny here down the stretch. Uh, if you win this game like tonight. Well, take it from Knicks fans that saw them go. I believe it, it was a 14 game stretch where they, played two road games and one of the road games was Brooklyn. So it really wasn't a road game. Yeah, right, the other right. one was, the other one was Charlotte, which half that building or maybe 60% of that building was. Oh, Knicks yeah. fan. Uh, you can get fat on your record if you take care of your business at home. So that, that's exactly right. That's exactly know? right. And and so there'll be, and there'll be a lot of Knicks fans in the building here tonight. No, there's, there's no, there's no question about that. They're, they're always, I wasn't going to, I was going to bring it up that this may also be a, a case where Knicks fans take over the building. Unfortunately, I wish it was a more healthy team, but look, I, you mentioned the magic or a team you can expect to compete. This is the, the staple of a Tom Thibodeau team that the base level of competence is that like, we're not, I don't expect the Knicks to get blown 
blown out tonight. I expect this to be somewhat of a competitive game. Um, I'm just very curious who will be on the court for the next. Well, they're going to be mad. They're going to be mad. They had that game taken. They are. And you know, that's, that's certainly one that, that got away from them. And I, you know, we're, I'm watching Jalen Brunson. I'm saying he's going to win this basketball game. There's no question about it. And it nearly did. And that don't you think they come out angry and fired up and and want a little bit of revenge? I (laughs) I do. I just have no idea who's going to come out angry and That's right. That's fired right. up and willing to go get revenge. That's true. Uh, so we'll see what happens in this matchup tonight. Uh, Dante, thank you so much for joining me this morning. I, I'll say this. The, the the name Dante means a lot to us here in New York. Um, we have <laughs> right. Dante DiVincenzo. Um, we, we had Malachi Flynn who earned the nickname Evil Dante because it looked like like Luigi and Waluigi. Yeah, nice. So like uh, he embraced the nickname too. And apparently the locker room thought it was fun day. Uh, what well, was fun while he was here. Uh, and we also have magic Dante that's on the show with us today. So another Dante yeah, yeah, yeah. in our universe, uh, before you get out of here, please plug what you'd like to plug from my audience. No, that's great. I, I think you'll know, listen for, for if there's any Magic fans or if you're ever on League Pass, we certainly encourage you to check out Bally Sports Florida. I, I know, uh, you know, some people sit there and watch late night games and and check out other teams and certainly mm-hmm. check it out. And we 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 welcome the we try to have fun on the broadcast. David Steele, Jeff Turner do a fantastic job, and Quentin Richardson is part of our pregame show. So I, I know Nick fans will certainly enjoy that. And we've got Nick Anderson and we've got Brian Hill who used to coach the team. So we've got a fun rotation there and. Uh, you know, you can follow me on at Dante Magic and you can hit me if there's something you liked or didn't like. And I, I, I welcome all those conversations uh, on Twitter. I know you do a great job with your social media, Andrew, as well. And to, to me, and, and I don't know how you feel, but the most fun part of this entire thing is interacting with fans and trying Indeed. to write and, try, and trying to get the pulse of, of what drives Magic fans or in your case, Knicks fans and and trying to bridge that gap between fans and the players and what's happening with the team and have and have fun conversations uh, along the way. So that's what makes us a lot of fun for us and and uh, and you as well. So keep up the great work and uh, happy to talk to you anytime. Thank you, sir. Uh, thank you sincerely, Dante. Thank you so much for joining me. No, my pleasure. My pleasure. See you guys.